Tonight's special emergency edition of the Bill Simmons podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network presented by ZipRecruiter. The best teams start with great talent, kind of like the Warriors, who are now defunct. They had a lot of talent. They had Curry and Clay. They had Draymond. They added Kevin Durant. It all came together for three glorious years, and now it's over. No one knows the importance of talent more than ZipRecruiter. They deliver qualified candidates fast. Here's how. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. The tech doesn't stop there. It even learns what kind of candidates you like. It invites more to apply. So effective, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more for $10 off your SeatGeek purchase. The first one for any game or sporting event, whether it's a soccer game, baseball, NFL coming up, college football coming up, concerts, use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website where we are breaking down a tumultuous day in NBA free agency. You can read all the pieces we have. Kevin O'Connor wrote about Kemba and Kyrie switching teams. We, I mean, winners and losers. We have a whole bunch of stuff up already. You can also listen to the Ringer NBA show. Uh, another podcast we have. We'll be breaking down some of the stuff. Coming up, my buddy Joe House is coming on. I think he's five Pacificos in. I don't know if this is drunk house, but it's definitely buzzed house. He's got some thoughts. I have some thoughts. This was one of the crazier days in the history of the NBA. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, it is late Sunday night. Uh, here's what we did. House and I started taping at 9.08 ET, and we went all the way through to a little before 11 ET. And then uh, Nephew Kyle was putting the pod together. We we're going to have it up. And then, of course, because it's the NBA, three things happened. So a couple of things we talked about in the pod you're about to hear. Uh, one of them was the Jimmy Butler sign and trade to Miami, which we assumed was done. And now seems like it's up in the air because there was some disagreement. Dallas was the third team. We don't know what's going to happen with that. So as you hear all that part, keep that in mind. The Jimmy Butler thing, I'm taping this right now. It is 12, 11 AMET. That's up in the air. I assume they're going to work it out, even if Butler has to take less. But Kelly Olynyk to Dallas and then Josh Richardson to Philly. We talked about most of it. But the big thing, Golden State retooled out of nowhere. They ended up turning the KD leaving the Brooklyn thing into a sign and trade. They got D'Angelo Russell, who, in my opinion, was the best stealth free agent in this entire class, 23 years old, an all-star last year in the East. But I think somebody with the upside to get even better. I was really impressed by him. I actually, if I was Brooklyn, I would have kept him and not dealt with Kyrie and all the potential downfall with him. Um, I just really like his game. I think he still has the room to get better. The free throw rate isn't great, but for what the Warriors do, um, I think they can maximize all the stuff he does, which is he's a fantastic kind of one-on-one perimeter dude. He's a heat check guy. He is somebody that I think could eventually be a 40% three-point shooter. Um, 
And somebody that could really work nicely with Steph and with Clay and can create his own offense and play off other guys. It, it, what it does is it buys Golden State time for the Clay comeback from the ACL. If he can somehow come back March, April range and they can stay late in the playoffs, like a seven or eight seed, assuming they sign another big guy. And they're, they're alive for the season before they weren't. I thought they were in real trouble this season just to make the playoffs. If it was just going to be Curry and Draymond, we saw what teams were able to do against Curry. If they knew they were the, he was the only person they had to worry about. You can get super physical with them. You can steer your whole offense to him. He needs other guys to play off of, to get open and create space, all that stuff. Russell now, uh, I think increases the ceiling of that team and could put them in the six seed, seven seed range, potentially in the, in the West, which if clay can come back and can be even 80, 85%, suddenly they at least become a little bit interesting in the playoffs and round one, round two. So long-term Russell Curry clay, I assume they're going to try to bring Kavon Looney back or some sort of big man like that. But at least they have the foundation now to uh, to be really competitive. And then long-term, you know, they're the Warriors. And they have the best shooting backcourt of all time. They had to sacrifice Andre Iguodala. They traded him to Memphis for a lightly protected pick that doesn't really jump into place until 2024. It's like top four protected then, top one protected in 25, and unprotected in 26. Pretty cold, the NBA is a cold place. It's been cold both ways. Let's be honest. Like this has been the player empowerment decade. And what we've seen these days is there's no loyalty really on either side with some very rare exceptions. But, you know, I think we'll remember this decade once and for all for, you know, it starts with LeBron stabbing Cleveland in the back and going to Miami. And as the decade went on, that didn't even seem like the worst thing that happened. That Probably the worst thing that happened was the Celtics dumping Isaiah Thomas and putting him in the Kyrie trade when you're just talking about loyalty either way. The Iggy thing, he was an unbelievable warrior. The acquisition of him started their whole little dynasty run. Finals MVP, future Hall of Famer, was such a big part of that team on and off the court. He just was on a a book tour and had some unflattering things to say about the Warriors and was talking about how he was basically misdiagnosed and played with a fractured leg and um, when I read that stuff, I was thinking, Ooh, this, this probably isn't going to play out great. I did not expect them to trade him within a week, but it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that that wasn't related, but I think big picture, they can buy out Livingston, I think for 2 million. And this team w- looked old in the playoffs. They really did. They, um, Livingston and Iggy, when you stay, especially when you get to those last two rounds, and you're playing every other night in the conference finals, then the finals, just every game is a war. You know, those guys did seem old. And I think Russell, Curry, and Clay, it's a younger nucleus now, uh, not a championship nucleus, but it's a younger nucleus. They have a little more flexibility. And that team has been really good at finding the Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, Ian Clark, Kavon Looney, like late first rounders, fringe guys, undrafted guys, second round picks. They've paid for picks in the thirties. Um, and they've just been really good at being able to find guys, fifth guy, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth guys. So they're going to be relevant. And 
before we bring in house here, um, really the only free agent now left, it is now 1217 AMET is Kawhi. And Kawhi, I think I had heard that he was going to stream this out for at least a little while, but we'll see. Everybody is just, just jumping on teams. Oh my God. As we're doing this, Bobby Portis signed a two year deal with the Knicks for 31 million. We're going to talk about that with house in a second. I can't believe today. There's never been a day like this in the history of the NBA. The fortunes of 12 teams have changed. Uh, I'm not sure who the, who the favorite is. Unless Kawhi ends up with the Lakers. I think this is the first season we've had. I don't even know. 2000, the 2004, five season, maybe the year after the Pistons won when Shaq got traded to Miami and we really had no idea who was going to win the title that year. And for a while there, it seemed like it might be the Pacers. And then the Artest melee happened and we ended up with a really strange uh, Pistons Spurs finals, but four other teams felt like they probably could have made the finals that year. That was the year Joe Johnson broke his face and he, it was just a bizarre year. And it feels like unless Kawhi ends up on the Lakers and they really become the prohibitive favorite, we just don't have a favorite. We have nine or 10 teams that are going to linger. The buyout guys in February are going to be more important than ever. Being able to flip expirings for one last piece. That's why a team like the Celtics that we talk about in this podcast with house, they're not a finals contender right now, but they're one trade away from being a finals contender, especially if they can get something back in the sign and trade with Terry Rogier, uh, with the Hornets, if they can get an expiring contract back, that's in the 16, 17 million range, uh, but you know, Bismack Biombo. if they just got him back now, that seems crazy. Why would you want Bismack Biombo? Well, he's an expiring contract. He's 17 million bucks. You could put him with the Memphis pick that they have and they could really get, you know, another impact guy. You could put him with, you could put Biombo with Marcus Smart and the Memphis pick. And now you can get a guy who's making 30 million a year. You can potentially get Kevin Love. Um, now I don't know if I would do that. I love Marcus Smart. But my point is the Celtics are a move away from potentially being a finals team. Toronto is a Kawhi away from being the favorite to repeat. The Lakers are a Kawhi away from being the prohibitive favorite. The Clippers are a Kawhi away from being one of the 12 teams that have a chance to to be competitive in the playoffs. So this is a crazy day and you're about to hear really the genesis of it with house. We started taping 9.08 PM ET. Here it is. All right. We're taping this. It is 9.18 Eastern time. So if more stuff happens, you're just going to have to hear it on the fly. Right before we started taping news broke that Horford, Al Horford, former Celtics signing with the Sixers four years, 109 million. They also sent Jimmy Butler to Miami, who then signed a giant deal with them and got back Josh Richardson. Let's start here, House. It looks like Philly's starting five next year will be Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. Does the road to the 2020 finals go through Philadelphia? I believe the answer to that Depends on what Ka- Kawhi Leonard does decides to do, but I feel like I should start with an apology. Uh, apology number one, just to get it out of the way. Three hours ago, you tweeted a picture of you and me and the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, and and David Jacoby, 
and said that you would be joined by one of the people in that picture yeah. for this podcast. A lot of people were rooting for somebody other than me. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the consolation prize. But that's the theme of tonight, right? There's a lot of consolation prizes going <laughs> along around out there, Bill Simmons. I mean, <laughs> there, there's a lot of teams that are just going to have to grin and bear it. Just take, take, take what you get. Now, I love the Sixers position right now. And in fact, I tried to go online two hours ago and look at the Sixers odds because there was uh, plenty of reports out there about Horford joining the Sixers, which I thought was terrific. I, it is a loss for the Sixers to have parted ways with JJ Redick. But, um, you know, at, at his age, you can get something that kind of walks up to it. I didn't know that it was going to be Josh Richardson, but I like that Sixers lineup. I mean, when you think about how close they came to beating Toronto, I just, the only knock I have on the Sixers, and I know all the, the Sixers stands, all the Brett Brown stands will come at us, but I, I mean, I'm still not a Brett Brown fan. I'm not either, but it's a little easier when you have that starting five. The other thing is, I mean, the ceiling of that starting five, I think, is higher than what they had last year. Richardson's a better two-way player than J.J. was and is. And the Horford thing is important for a couple reasons. I do think he can play with Embiid, and he gives them some protection from Embiid, a guy who is not exactly Mr. Durability. So... You know, if Embiid goes down for 20 games in December or January, if he misses game three of a round two series, you're not completely screwed. You're not in the same situation you're in last year. I got to say, like, Philly, Philly, uh, you know, took pretty, pretty huge gamble last year with the Butler and the Harris trades and especially what they gave up in the Harris trade. I thought they overpaid for Harris today. 180 million for five years just seems like a lot for a borderline all-star. But in terms of the big picture of what they were trying to do, I guess it's okay. I'd rather overpay somebody like that than pay $58 million for Terry Rozier, right? At least you're overpaying somebody uh, who's a borderline all-star. Yeah, I mean, he, he is going to be an important, important, important cog in a machine that has finals aspirations. You, you can't you know just walk out into the free agency market and grab all those rebounds. I like how hard he played. He plays his his motor is great. He he kind of, you know, this was for him this pet most recent playoffs, the 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 most important games he ever played in his entire basketball life. So he was yeah. inconsistent, but he had a couple of incandescent moments. I mean, he went off. We had a couple Toby games out there. He just wasn't able to sustain it, but with this well, team and, he also, and, and kind of Yeah, he, go ahead. He was the fourth option. That's always tough. But keep going. Yes. Yeah. But they, they have a, a lot of luxuries. I mean, I think the Horford thing, especially, maybe they can be deliberate with um, we we've just learned, I think, a pretty important lesson with Kawhi with the load management, maybe 65 games for players who have certain, you know, injury proclivities, who are injury risks. Maybe you just look at the schedule and map out 65 games for them and minimize the risk, diminish diminish the risk. Al Horford is that luxury for the Sixers, and and uh, he and Embiid can play off. Maybe both of them just play 65 games. You know what I mean? They can swap which games they take off. And the thing that I like the best about Horford is it immediately should alleviate the thing that drove me absolutely bananas, which is Joel Embiid standing out at the three-point line 
with 16 seconds left on the shot clock, holding the ball, waiting for a wing to come so that he could give a pass off, uh, you know, a, a, a handoff. And then if it didn't materialize, turning and then trying either shooting, which is the worst case scenario, or trying to get into the lane. That drove me bananas. And if Horford should just be that guy, he's he's superior at it in every respect, both the three-point shooting and the passing. So I think that's a great uh, opportunity for Joel. Horford, uh, a great teammate, good guy to have around, really smart, doesn't need the ball. Um, I really enjoyed him. I have nothing bad to say about Al Horford. I, I think the one worry that you would have is the third and fourth years of that contract because, you know, he's been in the league a long time now. And this is a, the, the, all the moves you make today are moves that you make when you're trying to win a title over the next two years. But, you know, to be fair, they've been pretty, pretty, uh, pretty candid about that, that they felt like their window last year was, was starting and they had studied what had happened with some of the other teams in the league, like the Durant Westbrook, OKC and, uh, you know, all these young teams in the past that thought they had these 10 to 12 year shelf lives and they just didn't. And something happens and two stars don't get along. Somebody leaves, somebody gets hurt. And then all of a sudden the window's over. And I do think that's what informed um, the motivation behind the trades they made last year. I still think they gave up too much for Harris, but whatever the team, they, they came within a couple plays of, uh, of beating Toronto who won the title. And now I like this year's team more than last year's team. It's funny. I have a lot of Sixers fans in my life. They were like rock bottom about four hours ago because it's, you know, it seemed like Butler was out going to Miami. Wasn't even clear if they were going to be involved with the sign and trade. And it, it was like, well, who are we getting? Is it, is it we're just getting Tobias Harris. Then JJ left. And it really did seem like the window was was slim and closed all of a sudden. Now it's wide open again. And even better for them, the Celtics are worse. I think the Bucs are a little bit worse unless Giannis has another uh, another jump to make. And Toronto, who knows? So I think Philly's probably the reliable bet in the East, I would say. Brooklyn is the team that got the most dramatically better. We're going to talk about them in a second. But Durant's not playing next year, so they can't be considered a finals favorite, right? No, I, I'm I I have them third in the East right now, pending Kawhi. They they might third? they might drop to fourth. Third? Yeah. Who with no KD? The Nets. What? Yeah, I mean that's the ceiling. Their ceiling is third in the East. Oh, yeah. Their ceiling. Have I got the Celtics you. Yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best they can hope for in the Eastern Conference this coming years is third. That means they also have to get ahead, get over uh, Indiana. I mean, I I love what Indiana did. Like. Very quietly on the sly, they put three guards in in place that, uh, you know, pretty complimentary skill sets that really made the pain of losing Boyan Bogdanovich, who I, I still love. I mean, we had him yeah, for I half the season in Washington. He was like a super reliable scorer. And his defense, he tries. It's not he's he's not a complete zero on defense. He he he's he he tries, <laughs> but you know, they really ease the the pain of that. They got Brogdon. They got Jeremy Lamb and who am I forgetting? No, that was it. And it, well, before they got uh, they got TJ Warren a couple weeks ago. And TJ, they're Warren, definitely a little yeah. bit better. Yeah, they're in they're in pretty good. The four, five, six range. One more thing with the Sixers. So the big hole for them, that lineup they have is really fascinating defensively, where you have Embiid, Horford, Simmons, Richardson, and Harris conceivably as the crunch time five with Simmons as the point guard. Now, 
if let's say they're going against Kyrie in round one, I don't know which of those five guys guards Kyrie, Dame Lillard, um, basically any Kemba Walker, any smaller guard. It, 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 they still have one more signing. It feels like is my point because, well, that they, they, they have a lot of this. height. You know, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, there's a name out there. There's a guy that I love, especially for them, and I think attitude wise, it's a perfect match. Can they afford Patrick Beverly? Well, after seeing some some of the salaries, we're going to go through some of the salaries today. I mean, we're we live in a world where Terry Rozier is going to make $19 million a year. So I don't know what, I don't know what that means. Patrick <laughs> Beverly's worth. That's that's but wizard's world. That's what that is. Defensively though, that Sixers team, um, Horford has the ability to switch and guards, guard all kinds of guys. Simmons, when he wants to be, can be pretty good. And then from a rebounding standpoint, it's just a fascinating team. We haven't seen a team like that in a while where the Richardson's going to be the shortest guy in the crunch time five, potentially. I like Richardson. I got to say, I haven't seen, I say, I, you know, obviously watch Miami on league pass and stuff, but haven't, don't really have a feel for him yet. Seems like he has a lot of potential. Um, good three point shooter. Not great. He's like 35%. Seems like somebody whose career is still getting better, but he's, he's the wild card of this whole thing. We'll see. Yeah. Versus sure. like not getting anything for Jimmy Butler. It's still pretty nice for them. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they lost JJ and got kind of a 25 year old, you know, he's nine years younger. Let's see. It's easy. Plug and play. Let's see how he does. Um, I was making fun of Chris Ryan all day today that the, the ringer inadvertently ruined the Sixers and beat Simmons window with the, with the story last year, um, that shook up the front office and led to a whole bunch of mistakes. But now the Sixers are back on track. <laughs> I think Chris Ryan could sleep again at night. Thank God. Uh, so many things happen. I don't even really know where to begin. We had this earlier 6 PM ET June 30th free agency where stuff was going to start happening. And then meanwhile, stuff started happening all month. And by the time we got to today, we knew where Kemba Walker was going and we knew where Kyrie was going, had a feeling a couple other things were going to happen. Seemed like Horford was gone, et cetera, et cetera. House, I got to say, I really like the new rules or, or, or the, or I guess we should say the non-rules, the, the looking away from what the actual rules are rules. I like what they did this year. I think it was more effective. Do you like it? Well, first of all, I mean, it's not often that I can think of a specific instance where I was in your company and we were in the company of a high ranking NBA official. It was Summer League 2018, and he said, guys, tell me a couple of things that we could do better. And it was just after, you know, same time of year, we just went through the free agency period, and one of the things that came out of your mouth was, this midnight start to free agency is an effing murder. It kills everybody. It kills the East Coast. It kills the West Coast. Can't we move it up by six hours? Can't we just start a little bit earlier? And lo and behold, six o'clock start time to the free agency period on June the 30th. So from, from your lips to the NBA God's ears, I mean, I can't give you total credit, but that's a, that's a damn good suggestion. And on top of that, the whole process got going all day today. So the news was coming out in a very orderly manner. It wasn't a, a complete pants down free for all. Where I felt like, you know, I, I was I was uh 
having to search around for my underwear for two hours. I just, I just liked the kind of pace of it. It was pretty good. What do you think? I wasn't going to brag about that Vegas conversation, but I, I did suggest that. I don't, I, I don't think I was the only one. I was looking at it from a selfish I know, standpoint. Because just, just from a ringer standpoint, often. yeah. Well, from from a ringer content standpoint, you know the things twelve oh one et, which was nine o'clock pt, and we have to like do podcasts and write stuff, and it just made it impossible. Like you could maybe write a thing or do do a couple short tweets or whatever, but you can't really get content that late at night unless you're trying to kill your people that work for you. Uh, this was a lot more palatable. And what was really cool was it really started getting going. I would say like 3 p.m., 4 p.m. ET. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, exactly. So I loved it. We started getting a feel for stuff. I like it. They basically say, they've basically decided to look the other way and said to themselves and to everybody else, like, look, once we get to the finals, we know shit's going down. Like, just don't, don't do anything illegal, but uh, we get it. You're, you're going to be, de- you have 75 roundabout ways of, getting in touch with whoever, you know, the, the funniest thing was Al Horford. Basically, I think the Celtics offered him three for 85 and it looked like it was heading that way. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm out. And, and, you know, during the old system, you'd be like, all right, what's going on here? Somebody's tampering. But now it's like, all right, cool. There. Meanwhile, the Celtics are talking to Kemba Walker. That obviously happened way before. So I, I thought this was a lot better. I thought it moved a lot more fluidly. The big story, the Brooklyn Nets. They the landed story. K- they landed KD and they landed Kyrie. Um, I'm not going to mention the DeAndre Jordan part. I thought that was funny that people were positioning that as a big three. DeAndre Jordan's been washed for like two years. I don't know where I don't know where everybody was on that, but he's washed. How's would it surprise you if the Nets were worse just next year than they were this year? No, no, not 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 a bit. It wouldn't surprise me. We know that these chemistry experiments can be challenging. We know that it, it can be difficult to integrate guys. We don't have a view as to we don't have perfect insight into whether or not Kyrie is going to be healthy. We just saw an example of Kyrie with a youngish set where he uh, wanted to try and exert some influence and you know kind of shape some 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 youth with his veteran perspective it didn't go perfectly so you know the nets have an identity they clearly as an institution had a a perspective that bringing Kyrie and KD in they can handle it they can manage both of those uh uh, big personalities both of those mega brands and you know so good on the nets for making it happen but nothing is assured all that's going to happen is Kyrie Irving is going to be playing point guard instead of D'Angelo Russell for that team. That's an upgrade. How much of an upgrade? I don't know. Are the Nets going to be able to be healthy all year? I hope so, because I want to see what Karis LeVert uh, could do. I want to see what Allen uh, can do. I want to see uh, what Dinwiddie can do with Kyrie. And, you know, DeAndre will be out there for 22 minutes running around and doing DeAndre things. Great. DeAndre and Kyrie is a good pick and roll, right? Yeah, in 2014. Uh, the Nets, <laughs> Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. Still some maybe spots for two guys. 
I the rest of the East got better. They basically have just exchanged Russell for Kyrie. I don't think it's realistic for them to contend next season. This is a long-term two years from now thing. I think more important was this was the first time they truly stole New York from the Knicks. Now, I, I think this has been overblown to some degrees. I think the Knicks fans aren't switching. Um, and we've also seen, we saw it four or five years ago when they had Darren Williams and they got KG and Pierce and all that stuff. Like they were relevant to Joe Johnson, but the Knicks had Carmelo during that stretch and the Knicks had, had made a run in 2013 and it was more adorable that the Nets were trying to compete with them. They had the crazy Russian owning them and all that stuff. This was different because everyone thought KD and Kyrie were going to the Knicks basically from January on, including myself and, and you and Sal, and we may or may not have ragered on this. It really did feel like a, a New York type thing. And then the Nets stepped in and took them. And it, there was just something significant about it that KD and Kyrie wanted to play in New York, had the choice between the two teams and chose the Nets and chose Brooklyn. I feel like that actually really does matter. I don't know if it changes the equation of, are there going to be more Nets fans? Are the Nets going to be the team in the future in New York? Has Dolan ruined the Knicks to the point that the Nets could actually steal that corner? But if all of that stuff does happen, this will be the moment that we look back on. Do you agree? I, I do. I I'm I have a lot of questions. I have more questions than answers at this point in terms of the long term planning and the you know dialogue that we imagine Kyrie and Katie were, were having. It has been reported that Katie's thinking changed when he injured himself, and I'm trying yeah. to connect the dots there. Why why would his thinking have changed? as a result of his injury. What's your theory well, on that? I think there was a world two months, two months ago where KD Kyrie and Anthony Davis were on the Knicks and, or at the worst case scenario it was just KD and Kyrie. I think the injury changed everything. And I think we're, we're going to learn all of these little tidbits. You know, they're going to get sprinkled to us over the next few weeks and months. And I'm sure there's going to be some revisionist history, but I just don't think you spend your whole year planning on what you're going to do for the third part of your career. And you're just gravitating to Brooklyn over the Knicks. I don't believe it. Like I know people have talked about what a win this is for a great organization and they have good ownership and good young players. They built things the right way. And they, they stole this opportunity from the Knicks, all that stuff. I think that's somewhat true, but I really do think I think in my heart of hearts, if he doesn't get hurt, I think him and Kyrie end up on the Knicks. I really do. But now, I might be wrong. It's just the, how I feel. The point that you just made about the um, superior position of Brooklyn in terms of their development and their ability to compete, they made the playoffs this year in the Eastern Conference, isn't that only relevant in the instance of Katie's injury? Like, if Katie yeah. was not injured... We expect that he and Kyrie would have landed on the Knicks. Katie's injury changed everything. This is my question to you. Yeah, I think it did. And and I also think, you know, once you get closer to actually making the decision and you're not playing basketball anymore, 
and you really, you're really getting into it. You know, it's like the, I would say it's like getting engaged practically. And at some point when you're about to get engaged, you talk to a couple of your friends, you know, the ones you really trust and you go, Hey man, thinking about doing this. What do you think? You know, and, and, and they're going to give you an honest answer because they're your friends. I think with at least with Dolan and the Knicks, there hits a point here where they're really starting to think about doing this. And he has this catastrophic injury. He's not going to be able to play for a year. He's got to also convince, you know, somebody else to go with him. And at that point, Kyrie's out, right? Why would Kyrie go to the Knicks to play with a lottery team? Why would he throw away a year of his career? At least with the Nets, he has a chance to make the playoff stuff like that. That's one part. And then the other part is, I, I promise you, people are telling him like the Knicks are a shit show. Don't go there. Dolan is Dolan's the worst. You don't want to play for that guy. Here's three James Dolan stories. And then that, and, and that stuff adds up. And, and I really think to me, this is more about where the Knicks are for the last 20 years than it is a KD decision. He Dolan has made that place so unappealing that ultimately KD was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to go there because honestly, what made the most sense was him going there and them throwing away another year and, you know, getting RJ Barrett, some reps, him rehabbing his leg. And then next summer, them really trying to make a run for it over the next three years. I think that made the most basketball business career sense. And he didn't want to do it. Now he's doing it with this Nets team instead. It's just, it's, it's just weird that it all led to this, to play for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know. The, well, the weird thing is the Nets are better. The Nets were better all season long. Yes. So the, 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 the question to me is like, at what point did it go from, from Knicks to Nets? Because, you know, the, the, the injury... Um, had to be the thing. It had to be the the accelerating force. It had to be the thing that that with the pivot because it, we didn't hear. I I have to go back and see when the very first reports of Kyrie's interest in Brooklyn started trickling out because that really to me set it in motion. It had been well, you knew the, the it popular was, narrative. It was the Rock was Nation. The go ahead. It, no, it was the Rock Nation thing. Yeah. It was when he it, when he dumped his agent and signed with the new agent. It was over because. He signed with an agent whose twin brother, you know, was running the Nets and he did this whole Rock Nation thing. And that's that's when we knew. But I don't think anybody had any inkling until then that this was actually really going to happen. So um, I the, the Brooklyn thing, there's one more piece we didn't talk about. And this is something that I think mattered to KD when he went to the Warriors. There's outside basketball stuff. And outside basketball reasons for both of these guys to do this. I think with Kyrie, it's obvious he's going to get more involved in the with Rock Nation and that whole thing. Like they, there's a world in which you could really make a sell if those guys are in the room. Here are all the things we can do with you. You know, we can we can put you in this, we can put you in that. We have we have access to these guys. We know these rich guys, and you're just kind of the red ropes are lifting for you in a lot of different ways. When you go to the Knicks, none of that is happening from James Dolan. James Dolan's not like, hey, once you get here, I, I, I'll do this. And he doesn't have connections like that. Uh, and I, and I, I actually think that's a detriment for them now because Brooklyn, not only do they have like the Rock Nation and 
the uh, the elite Brooklyn businessmen, and all these different connections, but they also have the Alibaba thing. And I just think they bring more to the table from a non-basketball standpoint. I think that really matters to Durant and to Rich Kleiman and probably to Kyrie too. But does that make sense or, do, or am I overthinking this? No, I think that makes uh, a ton of sense because that that's for the stage of career that KD is at. That's the legacy uh, opportunity that makes you know com- complete sense for him. It's got to be in the same way that that LeBron's move was a, a legacy, yeah. Um, you know, not just career de- defining, but like what is the ne- what do the next five chapters of my life look like? Kind yeah, of uh, uh, decision making that that he and K- KD, I think we're coming at at it from that same kind of perspective. Kyrie's young, so Kyrie, it it, it seems like less important to me. Although it certainly doesn't hurt to be in that position and ride the um, the tailwinds of of what those opportunities are going to look like um, out out of Brooklyn. But I don't know. I mean, the, the Knicks are the Knicks. It's it's a it's a worldwide iconic you know, brand, they play in Madison square effing garden. And I, I think there's still some chapters left to be written for the Knicks. I mean, they they swung and missed in this free agency and they needed, you know, the good luck of Zion. If, if, if that had broken, if Zion had landed with the, with the number one pick, how different would this have looked? Do you think? That's a good segue. We're going to take a quick break and I'm going to answer that. Let's talk about Vudu, a leading streaming app with a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to your favorite indie films. They recently launched an ad-supported on-demand service with over 10,000 titles you can watch for free, including classic movies and TV shows. That means movies like District 9, Falling Down, Poetic Justice, Little Giants, Pride and Glory, National Security, Oh, yeah, the list keeps going and going. They are also the presenting sponsor of the Rewatchables podcast, where we will be covering No Country for Old Men this week. Um, You can watch a lot of the movies that we do in the Rewatchables for free on Vudu before you tune into the next episode, or you can rent them on on Vudu because they have everything. Vudu is available wherever you watch TV. They make it easy to access all your favorite entertainment with a click of a button. Enjoy Voodoo on your smart TV, Roku, Chromecast, iPhone, or Android, and online. No subscriptions, no contracts, just free entertainment. As you know, I am a big Voodoo person, including uh, buying the whole entire Fast and Furious library because they have these little bundle things you can do. Um, A Star is Born, we watched that one actually this week on vacation on Voodoo. So there you go. Head to Voodoo.com slash Bill Simmons, sign up and start watching today. And check out all of the rewatchables that we've done in the past or in the future on VUDU.com slash Bill Simmons. Speaking of the rewatchables, July 3rd, Bill Hader, myself, Chris Ryan. Should I just say what the movie is, Kyle? Please. No Country for Old Men. Yeah. The rewatchables. One of the one of the five best movies of this century throwing it out there i really believe it is so there you go we're breaking that down and uh and it's awesome it's really fun so that is coming july 3rd in time for your july 4th uh drive to wherever you're going all right back to us 
So you asked me how much did this did the lottery? I, I I actually think this is one of the most influential lotteries we've had for how it shaped the next couple months of moves and things because, you know, it allowed the Lakers to finally have enough to to pull the uh, to pull the Anthony Davis trade off. Not just that they had another asset, but it kind of crippled the Knicks. You know, the worst case scenario for the Knicks was. New Orleans getting the first pick and then the Lakers moving into the top four. So that finished off both of those things. Um, the, the Zion part, New Orleans being in a weird way, a competitor to the Knicks, even though the Knicks would have had to trade for Anthony Davis like that, that just complicated everything. I think from a Durant standpoint, the combo of how the lottery played out and then him getting hurt were pretty fluky. Don't you think? Like, first of all, the odds yes. of Durant getting hurt when he was playing the highest level he'd ever played, he just randomly gets hurt. Like, that, the odds of that are 1 in 200. And then the way the lottery played out, you know, considering what the odds were, the Pelicans were like, what were they, 8th? The Lakers were like 11th for it to play out where they right. go 1-4? It just makes you think, yeah. like, are the fates against the, uh, the Knicks? But I will say this, though, with the Knicks. I was thinking about it. You know... The last couple of years, they were actually in a better position to do what the Nets did than the Nets were because they had Porzingis, you know, and they, right. and they had two top 10 lottery picks, you know, they, they, they had, they had the, the pick that, that where they could have taken Donovan Mitchell and they took uh, Frankie Nicotine. They, they had the Knox pick. Those are two top 10 picks. The, the Nets didn't never even draft them in the top 10. Plus, Porzingis was a way better asset than anybody the Nets had. And they were tanking anyway. And the Nets were going the opposite way. They weren't totally tanking. And they were trying to build this, you know, they, they didn't have a reason to tank. They didn't have a pick. And they're trying to build this culture and taking a chance on dudes. And they're the ones that are doing like the D'Angelo Russell trades where they're taking salary with their cap space. The Knicks are spending their cap space on Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee and people like that. They just kind of got outmaneuvered and outthought by the Nets for a couple of years there. And now the Knicks are in this situation where they're trying to emulate the Nets from a couple of years ago. Like even they signed Julius Randle today and that's a two-year deal with a team option for a third. But now they're in this mode where everything they do is going to be shorter deals, um, protect cap space, build, and, you know, hope Giannis wants to go there in 2021. It's the illusion of hope yet again, Joe House. The Knicks have done it for 20 years. It's always like this next guy's coming up in one year, two years. Now, maybe we can get this guy. And their fans fall for it every time. And I fall for it every time. I thought KD was going there. The illusion of hope, wow. Joe House. I, I mean, they have had a couple of moments. I mean, they had Lynn Sanity. That was a, a pretty great moment. They Three got weeks. about 25 or 30 games out of uh, Mari Stoudemire before he, he turned into a pumpkin. Um, your, your, your boy Mello was, was good for them. He gave them an identity for like a, a couple years. Uh, and I don't think that the teardown, the way that they um, crafted it, was that ill-advised. Like, I'm not sure that they ultimately are going to lose on the Porzingis trade because we don't yet know whether he's a guy that can play, you know, 80 basketball games. He's, he's a seven footer with an incredible stroke. And so far 
a, an injury tendency. Now, you know, one, one catastrophic injury, but who knows when he comes back how he's going to be. I thought they did a good job of avoiding that problem altogether and getting some decent, decent assets and putting themselves in a decent position to swing for the fences as free agency. The fact that they struck out this year isn't really the end of 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 the story for the Knicks. It's a it's well, a low no, point. It doesn't there's feel no free great. agents next year. No, there's no free agents next year. So they struck out for this year and next but, year. Yeah, but but the thing that we found in the last, I don't know, it feels like a 24 month phenomena, 18 month. You, if you're in a position where somebody is grows disgruntled, we have this new era of disgruntled stars. And if you're a team that can suck up cap, uh, has the cap availability and happens to be in New York city and playing at Madison square garden, it's a pretty attractive allure. Like they could be in the ear, like who knows who's going to be the nut, the next disgruntled star um it, it could be and the a guy Knicks from could washington who, huh mm. i i mean it, i i uh, i uh, look i don't have a dog in this fight the celtics and knicks aren't rivals the celtics either the knicks have been other than a couple stretches have just been terrible for 70 years you know uh i do think their name is pretty much mud within the league now I really do. I, I, I think there's going to have to be a lot of rehab. And it's one of those things where the moment Dolan sells the team, if he ever does, you know, then it becomes the most appealing situation in the league to be part of a new ownership and a rebuild and a new era for the Knicks. But right now he's still there. He's not going anywhere. Well, like, and he's he's on, a fucking nightmare. Point, like, what, what about the press conference yeah. when he barred the Daily News reporters? Who I does know. that? This is what the is thing. he like Donald this Trump? Like, the, get the fuck out of here. The, <laughs> this is where the league needs to intervene. He doesn't have to sell the team. He just needs to not be the face of the franchise. Like we have enough evidence. We don't need any more evidence. We are now officially beyond a reasonable doubt. Him as the face of the franchise is a effing disaster. It's an F triple minus. So they just <laughs> he can keep owning. He could be the majority owner. They need some you know, bright and shiny new face to come in and be smiling. Like it's, it's New York city. There are lots and lots and lots of, of influential human beings that can arrive in that city and immediately rehabilitate the image of the franchise. You know, one guy, by the way, who might have a, a, that impact, who's expressed some interest in some NBA ownership. It's, it's the guy that a lot of people wish was on this podcast tonight instead of me, Bill Simmons. What about one Barack H. Obama? What well, about for, him joining up with the, the, the Knicks ownership group and becoming the face of the franchise? Would that work? I mean, it's a noble thought, but there's two issues with it. One, Dolan <laughs> is such a stubborn dick. There's no way he would ever give up any ownership, and he would bristle at the notion that somebody else could come in and help save his image or like his hold on the frame. He would never do that. And then second, you think Barack wants James Dolan in his life? Like, honestly, you think he's like going to home with Michelle after dinner? Well, like, Hey, I got this opportunity. <laughs> uh, I can own a small piece of the Knicks, but now I have James hey, Dolan in my life for the next 10 years. Get hey, the fuck out of here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Jacko. I'm not taking this in a political direction, but I mean, he had eight years of Joe Biden. 
<laughs> after after we see we see a couple months of Joe Biden out there on his own now without the cover. I mean, was that a picnic? <laughs> That's pretty good. Can I go? Can I walk you through uh, the last twenty years of the Knicks really quickly and all of their new reset buttons? <laughs> I mean, it feels gratuitous, but I know I'm going to enjoy it. So let's. No, do you're going to enjoy it. You, you're going to enjoy this. So's the audience, except for the Knicks fans. So they make the 1999 finals, right? The reset button first was the Ewing trade to Seattle, which was allegedly, again, they're going to move on, build around Houston, Canby, and Spree, the whole thing. Nope. Antonio McDice. Remember that? Big trade for McDice. They traded the lottery pick that ended up being uh, Mara Stoudemire. That didn't work out. Stefan Marber. We're going all in on Stefan. Bringing him home. 2004. is coming home. New York City point guard. Nobody knows point guards like New York City. That didn't work. Eddie Curry. Need a big man. It's going to be Eddie Curry and Zach Randolph. We're going back to bully ball. Whole league's getting faster. We're going to pound people inside. That didn't work. 2008 and 2009, those seasons heading into the summer of 2010. Remember that? It was two years of we're going to tank because we're getting LeBron. He's coming. LeBron's coming. He's going to bring Bosch. It's going to be great. We're bringing those. We're, we're doing it, man. It's, it's we're going to throw away these two years. It's going to be awesome. That didn't work. He went to Miami. They settled for Amara Stoudemire. That season, heading into February, it's like Carmelo wants to come here. We could have Amari and Carmelo. We're going to trade everything for Carmelo. Bring him in. Get Chauncey Billups. Amnesty Chauncey Billups. Bring in Tyson Chandler. Now we got the big three. Here we go. Those were the next couple of years. They didn't get fired in round two, building around Carmelo. 2014, you remember what happened? You know what the reset button was that year? You remember? I don't. This is tough. It's tough to keep all this track. Phil Jackson is coming home. Oh. Phil Jackson's <laughs> going to save it, man. Seven, wow. 69, 73 wow. Knicks. He was there. He knows what it takes. That lasted two years. 2015 and 16. It's all leading to the summer of 2016. We're going to have cap space. Phil Jackson's got it. It's going to figure it out. Now, nobody wanted to come. Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee. Boom. Now, next two years, we're going to rebuild around Porzingis. We finally have our guy. We have a unicorn. We just got to build around and play the long game. That didn't really work out. 2019, trade Porzingis. Here we go. We're going to get KD and Kyrie. It's got to happen. We got all this cap space. We got 80 million. We cleared all this cap. No, that didn't work out. What's the new game plan? 2021. Here we go. Giannis, <laughs> he's going to come. I know he grew up in Greece and has no idea what it was like when the Knicks were getting, but he's coming. It's never going to work, Joe. Ever. That's your Knicks reset button think... in the span of three minutes. Wow. You, you yeah. left out two, two prominent names. We didn't even talk about Joe Kim Noah or Derek Rose. Oh, I forgot those guys. Sorry. I, I, I had 15 <laughs> reset buttons. I left out too. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about Joakim Noah. What was that? 2016? Oh, that was uh, with the, yeah. 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 That was with the Courtney Lee. Yeah. God. Can't even keep track. Isaiah well, the Thomas, Knicks are screwed. Jerome James, uh, the back of the SUV. I, can I be a, This is going to be perceived as me being a dick because Kyrie was on the Celtics. Can I just be a dick for one second? Please do. It's a whole victory parade, right? Brooklyn got KD and Kyrie. 
I just want to point out, I just want to point this out. I, I'm going to try to do this in the non-dickiest way possible. KD can't walk. He has a ruptured Achilles. He can't play for a year. And, uh, and Kyrie, his season went so badly last year that we started doing uh, internet Instagram videos of, of my head on Johnny Depp as Hunter Thompson's head and Kyrie on the other guy's head of me driving him to the airport to get him away from the Celtics. If you did a, if you did a poll of Celtics fans right now, uh, how many of them are going to miss Kyrie? What's the percentage? It would be like 2%. It was a disaster in every respect. He is going to go down as one of the most disliked Boston athletes we've had. How much of that was his fault compared to the rest of the team? We could litigate that forever. But I'm just saying, everyone is happy he left. So I know Brooklyn's excited they have him. He's going to be great for them the first couple months. But I'm just saying, like, just be careful. Be careful what you wish for with Kyrie. Just be careful. Is that fair? Well, I, I, have, I have one crucial difference to, to call to your attention. Please. And it's this. We're not aware... I don't, I'm not aware of the Brooklyn Nets taking out a giant machete-sized knife and stabbing any of their young, up-and-coming players that overextended themselves, that maybe that played injured, that were due for a giant payroll. I mean, a giant, a giant payday. They did none of those. Yeah, I don't think Brooklyn stabbed any five foot eleven players in the back. Yep. It's on the fair. moment of, of their payday. The curse of Isaiah Thomas is not to be trifled with, Bill Simmons, when it comes to your Boston Celtics. And and I think, you know, the Celtics are 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 still feeling it. I mean, who would have thunk? Here we are, starting in 2013, that trade between the Celtics and the Nets. And on balance, like it's it's kind of interesting the way that 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 all that's played out. A lot of assets have flowed to Boston. Yeah, and we've had a couple Eastern Conference, uh, uh, you know, uh, runs at the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know, took Cleveland to to, to seven games, uh, in 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 one year, P- pretty good, but never really threatening to make make the 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 NBA Finals. No, ne- right? never going to win the title. No, we almost made the finals, but that, that the team was never winning the title. So yeah, yeah I, I'm with you on the karma thing, and believe me, I've thought about it a lot. It wasn't great. And you 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 can definitely point to that as something that uh you know, with the whole Eastern Conference Finals run aside from a year ago wasn't great. But uh look, there's a very good chance that it was just the worst possible situation for everybody and that Kyrie is going to go to the Nets and be really good next year and just be happy and maybe he was with the wrong teammates and the wrong coach in the wrong city. And in Brooklyn, he's going to be a little older, a little wiser. I'm not ruling it out. I'm not, this is, this to me is not like getting somebody who's just like, wow, what are you guys, you know, it's not like if somebody had signed Andre Blatch, you know, like when, who signed the, who, when Andre Blatch left the Wizards, who was the next team that signed him? You were just laughing. I think it was was the the Nets. Nets. Yeah. And you're just laughing. You're like, that's hilarious that you think Andre Blatch is redeemable. I'm not like that. I'd. I think there's a world in which Kyrie is like just awesome next year. But I also saw the bad side of Kyrie and it's hard to shake because, and you saw it, well, you, you watched those Bucks Celtics games. He rolled over in that series. Did he not? He he did. But the, the curious thing with the Celtics is 
they were your, your franchise was confronted with an identity crisis like within the first five minutes of Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving supposedly yeah. you know playing together, right? Like everything changed five minutes into the first game of the first season of them playing together. And it turned out that it wasn't capable of of being uh, salvaged. So that that, was, that can yeah. happen, right? Like the, the those are you were supposed to be in a very stable situation. I mean, I I hate to to remind you of of your uh, forecast for how many games the team might win this this most recent season with those two guys back, but like everything can change so quickly. <laughs> Uh, it's it's very hard. I'm glad that you're being generous. I I think Kyrie can be successful with the Nets. He learned lessons in Boston, and I do think the Nets, um, you know, in terms of their uh, front office and and the composition of of their youth, that's a little different from the composition of what what Boston had. And none of the Nets, all the Nets have under their belts, those young guys, is a first round loss in, in, in the playoffs. You know, in in five well, games. Hold on so, now. Hold on, House. Yeah. Before you praise the Nets off front office too effusively, they've come to terms with DeAndre Jordan. Do you can you do you want to guess what the contract was? It is we're getting it is now ten oh two Eastern time. Pay. What do you I, think the contract uh, was? I'm gonna say three years, uh fifty five million dollars. Oh my god. How many Pacificos did you have? I told you five. Four years, 40. Okay. That's fair. What's wrong what? with that? What are you talking about? What's fair? $10 million. $10 million in, DeAndre in Jordan, did you watch him last season? What are you talking about? It's chump change. It's chump change. Uh, it's nothing. That's terrible. That's a terrible contract. I assumed contract. it was an overpay that KD insisted on. That contract is, is borderline reprehensible. But I'm sure KD was like, look. You've just got to do this. I'm sorry. You got to take yeah. care of my guy. Um, LeBron, LeBron did it for a lot of guys. Do you think they're, you're an innocent bystander. Do you think there's more to the KD warrior stuff that is going to trickle out over the next four to six weeks? Because it seems like the narrative is KD just wanted to play with his friends and his friends are apparently Kyrie and Deandre Jordan. Um, when he went to the Warriors, it was all about how he was close with Draymond Green and knew the new Curry, obviously, and he was going to play with those guys and new challenge at Golden State. Now it's like he wants to play with his friends. Do you think we'll ever fully know what happened in Golden State with Durant and that team? I think a couple stories will, will come out. I think we'll get a sharper image of what was at the heart of the beef between Draymond and KD over the course of this season. But I don't think uh, Draymond and KD had a long friendship that preceded KD coming over to the Warriors. I think that Draymond was the warrior whisperer as kind of the mm. spiritual leader of that team. And I think he was in KD's ear, you know, as reported by Woj and that we were skeptical about it. But I think uh, Draymond was in KD's ear for a good portion of the second half of that last season with OKC before he, he jumped over. And then, you know, the circumstances played out the the way that OKC lost in that finals and, and Draymond, you know, proved to be a, 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 a pretty good salesman. 
I don't know if if they were friends at any point over uh, the course of of them playing together. They got along fine, it seems, until whatever happened this season. And the mutual interest in kicking everybody's ass um, has a galvanizing kind of effect. And they were pretty good at it. But I I don't know. I don't know anything about like the relationship component. Something something's off. I'm sure we'll find out at some point in our life. By the way, uh, Woj reported that KD and Kyrie took less than the max to allow DeAndre Jordan to get to 10 million a year with Brooklyn. Sure. Why not? <laughs> let's uh let's take one more break. Let's take one more break to talk about proper cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is hard. Collars are too tight, sleeves are too long, something always not right. Well, luckily, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier. Thanks to Proper Cloth at propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 easy questions. Then completely customize your shirt to get the style you want. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and over 500 fabric styles, from classic business to casual. The team in Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world. They only buy fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Plus, each one of their shirts go through extensive quality control testing. So you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. These shirts are made completely custom for you. They start at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash Simmons today. Enter gift code Simmons to save $20 on your first shirt. Do it today. And since we're, I wanted to, wanted to mention a couple ringer podcasts that uh, I thought it really stood out the last couple of weeks. The Press Box, Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, they came on after both debates last week. Uh, and they were really great. Came on right after. I liked the first episode a little more because I think Shoemaker was drinking beer during it. And it was really just the best Shoemaker I've ever heard of a podcast. But I thought they broke down both the debates and the press coverage of them in a really smart uh, way that did not lean in any direction. It was just really astute observations about a whole bunch of things. So catch up on those. If you didn't even hear those, then you should subscribe to that one. And then bachelor party, we are hitting the home stretch for the bachelor and Mallory Rubin was on, on Thursday, her and Juliet are in love with Tyler C and going bonkers to the point that uh, it's just hilarious. The stuff they're coming up with. So bachelor party, this has been a crazy season and it's a must listen. So if you like that one, Check it out. JJ Reddick podcast, by the way, he's going to New Orleans, but he had Zach Lowe on Thursday as well. And that was a fun re-listen. So there you go. All right, back to house. So a lot of shit happened today. We got to rip through it really quickly because uh, we're putting this up tonight. There were a lot of cool contracts. I'm just going to go through some of them and you, and we can do our instant reactions. Celtics get Kemba for four years, 141 million. I guess I can talk about this whole Kemba thing in the Celtics later in the summer in the pod because we've done too much Celtics talk. I will say it's kind of staggering how bad his teammates were for his entire time in Charlotte. Like, like genuinely staggering. I don't think any good player has played with worse players is where, where I would go. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what he's capable of in this situation. He's a, he's a, to me, he's a poor man's Kyrie. He's a rich man's Isaiah Thomas. I feel like he's a better fit for this iteration of the Celtics. It is, it's, a, it's a real shame that the Celtics lost Horford because I think we would have got the best version of Kemba with Horford, but the Celtics still have a move or two. They have to get somebody over six feet, eight inches tall on their basketball team to help them try and collect rebounds yeah, this season. So I guess we'll see, but 
I have my fingers crossed for Robin Lopez. They might have to patch together. I think it's probably the easiest position in the league to patch together and try to find somebody. Um, I, I talked about this a little in the last podcast, but I, you know, they're upside. They're not a title contender anymore. I don't think they're, but they're one move away from being a title contender, which I think is important because I think they were in no man's land before. Now they're a team, you know, they're, they're kind of like a few wizards teams you've rooted for in the past, right? Like the Jamison arenas wizards or like even the wall wizards where, yeah, where it's like you, your ceiling is 47 of 50 wins and you could get frisky and, and maybe take somebody to game seven and round two, but you're not going to actually do anything, but they have the chance now potentially to uh, add one more piece of the picks they have. So somebody sent me this list All of the players that Charlotte have paid more in a given season than they paid Kemba Walker in any year that they had him on the team. Here's the complete list. Ben Gordon, Michael Kidd, Girlcrest, Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams, Bismack Biombo, Al Jefferson, Dwight Howard, Nick Batum, and now Terry Rozier. All of those guys made more than any than Kemba ever made for Charlotte. He peaked at twelve million. Just a really poorly run team. I actually think just quickly on Charlotte, they have probably the saddest roster anyone has put together in a while. Oh, where- oh tap the brakes, brother. No, Go you got ahead. Bradley Beal. You have Bradley Beal on your team. They don't have anybody. Okay. Who's their marquee guy? Malik Monk? Bridges? <laughs> Zeller? Like, they have a, nobody. Wiggins. They're barren. It's going to be, yeah. Yeah, they did not extend a qualifying uh, offer to, to Frank Kaminsky. I'm, I'm sorry to report. It's shades of, like, Brooklyn in the in the mid-2010s when it was super dark after the KG Pierce trade and they had no lottery picks. And it was just, like... You know, a bear. It was Brooke Lopez and nothing. It was a barren wasteland. At this team, it might actually be worse. But holy shit! I, I mean, we talk about Dolan needs to sell the Knicks. Might be time, MJ. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if ownership is is the move for you. Might might needs might need to bring it some help. So anyway, uh, so Kemba happened. Tobias Harris one eighty for five. Milwaukee brought Chris Middleton back. 178 million. Orlando locked down Nick Vucevic for four for a hundred. And then Terrence Ross, four for 54. Al Farouk Aminu, they brought in for three for 29. Kevin Clark, uh, the ringer's own, the only Orlando fan I've ever met, was absolutely delighted that they've almost hit the luxury tax with the seven seed. <laughs> Pretty impressive house. <laughs> I mean, that's a 44-win team, possibly. Yeah, if, if let's Vucevic, go! 44 wins! We got this! <laughs> you forgot, Brooke, Brooke Lopez re-signed with Milwaukee, by the way. I haven't gotten him yet. I had him on a different list. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I had. I was doing all the, star, all the uh, you know, giant numbers. So Butler was 4-142. Okay. Horford, 4-4-109. D'Angelo Russell is the only all-star or superstar who hasn't signed yet. So then we go, going a little out of order, but Sacramento, four for 86 for Harrison Barnes, which mm. I don't know. What does that feel like? 20 million too high, but you know, how are they going to get anybody anyway? They got to pay the tax, the pay the uh, Sacramento tax. Then they spent three for 40 on Dwayne Dedman. And then they went and got Trevor Ariza for two for 25. House, you watched Trevor Ariza last year. He played for your beloved Wizards. Not a lot left in the tank, it didn't feel like. 
Uh, who, who knows what he had left in the tank? What, what incentive did he have to come here to Washington and, and you know, go go bust his ass at all? That that, that with, By the okay. time he arrived, you know, the, the writing was so on the wall. It was so on the John wall. Such a such a a, a uh, terrible moment in in Washington franchise history. Who knows whether or not Trevor Reese? He, I think that that's not a bad. He's he, he's still smart. He still knows where to be on the basketball court. That counts for okay. something. So you're saying you're signing off on 151 million dollars for Harrison Barnes, Trevor Reese, and Dwayne Dedman. It feels like a lot. <laughs> feels, 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 like, feels a, a tad high. Feels a whiff feels lofty. Like a lot. Uh, we both like Malcolm Brogdon. Did you like him enough if you're Indiana to trade a first and two seconds and pay him four years, 85 million? They really, they, you know, Indiana, God bless them. They have this ambition. They really think that they're going to crack that 55 to 62 win threshold. And they, I think must have a perspective. Their view must be that Toronto is is not going to be capable even if Kawhi does a one and one the window for for uh Toronto is is closing and so Indiana wants to be in that top 3 category with the the uh Sixers and Milwaukee and they just push the chips to the middle I, I don't really have any problem with it so they basically flip Brogdon for Bogdan or flip Bogdanovich for Brogdon TJ Warren, Warren, I thought, I thought TJ Warren was a steal, and uh, me too. That was the kind of trade, like uh, if that happened in our fantasy league, we that would lead to a hundred emails, and it would get insulting, and at some point, people would be challenging each other to a fight. It was just terrible. I like they built this weird team where they have all perimeter guys who can create their own shot, and then Miles Turner and Sabonis. You know, it's it's. It's like a one or the other type team, but I kind of like it. Just a lot of guys who can attack off the dribble a little bit like what Toronto had last year, where all of their guards and forwards can now create their own shot in some way. And then they have rebounding and defense. So it's interesting. I don't think they're going to win the title, but I kind of liked what they did. Me too. Um, Lopez to Milwaukee, four for 52. Utah, we got to talk about them. Bogdanovich, four years, 73 million. I really liked him. And I actually thought, I thought he let you down in the playoffs in Washington, especially in the Boston series. But in Indiana, I thought the last two years, I thought he was terrific. Really liked him. Me too. They and now I didn't have even really feel like he let us down, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, he wasn't great, but they, you know, Utah was in a situation where they were a good regular season team and they would get to the playoffs and it became clear pretty quickly that. It was basically the Donovan Mitchell show. They had nobody else who could create a shot except for Joe Ingles, but in the playoffs, he's Joe Ingles. Now they have Conley running everything. Mitchell can play off the ball more. And Bogdanovich can create his own shot now. that Now they have the potential. They could play Conley and Mitchell, Bogdanovich and Ingles with just Gobert. Just all he's doing is rebounding and defending the rim. I kind of like it, House. Hey, hey, and I know they're going to get they, a lot of sleeper buzz as the summer goes along, but it just is a team that makes more sense as a playoff team than it did. It's already started the sleeper buzz. I mean, there's already my, my Twitter timeline is already filled with like 
get your bets in now on Utah. And I, and I kind of want to put one in, I couldn't find any odds for them. I, I, I don't know what this does in terms of their ability to retain, uh, favors and it's not I think like favors is done. I think that he's I done. Think that okay. They can't afford sale, to yeah. keep him now. Okay. All yeah. right. Cause I, I mean, I thought he was pretty good as a backup in that backup role. Um, you can, for, you for can Gobert. get a cheap version a, of that though. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. So Utah, but, right yeah, now, he, I'm looking he, online, fifteen to one. Mm. I don't it's, hate it's it. It's kind of high. Why? I, I like them to win the Western Conference. I like that better. I don't want to bet on them to win the championship, but I do like the idea of them winning the Western Conference. Why is Brooklyn eighteen to one? That's just dumb. That's Brooklyn's dumb. not winning jack shit. Maybe two years from now, but no. not next year. Denver right. at twenty five sure. to one seems dumb. That seems too high. That that so that no, that's the most interesting one to me right now because they have a move. They have assets. If there's any team in the NBA that I thought had a legit chance at getting Bradley Beal, I think it's the Denver Nuggets. And I think that that that's an interesting team if they're able to do it. If they did something like Gary Harris and and I don't know, um, you Gary know, Harris. somebody I hope you want uh, more than that. You gotta get no, you want I, I'm saying a pick. Harris and Porter, you got to get Michael Porter. Right, right. Now you're talking. That's a deal. Like I would really, really consider that if I was. No, that's not enough. And you, Bradley, I think Portland's the team. If you're going to trade Bradley Beal, that's the team that has the right mix of assets and young guys. Where I just they can I give wonder you, if, if Beal is he going to get enough touches on that team? I don't know. I mean, Denver is a better fit for just for him. You're right. Like if they, if yes. it could be Gary yeah. Harris and uh and Porter Jr. Who is the guy they picked this year in the draft? That people Something like the that guy. I like. No, they took another Wait, guy. Wait, did they get Bull Bull? Well, they got him, but they got him in the second round. They got somebody else that I like. But Portland could do the Zach Collins and Anthony Simons and expiring contracts and some picks and really kind of try to overpay for him. But listen, I'm already on the record with you. I think you should keep Beal. Just wait it out. The dude's 25. He's really good. I wouldn't trade him. You're just basically. I'm not in a hurry to. Yeah, I would. I would wait until it's it was a complete overpay. Uh, Julius Randle, three years, 63, but really it's two year deal. There's a team option. The Rozier trade or signing was just a jaw dropper for me. Three years, 58 million. Um, we were on a chain with a Knicks fan that we're friends with and my dad and you and our Knicks fan friend was pushing for Rogier, like just kind of more intel. Hey, if we got this guy, is that a good thing? And I had to bring my dad in to give his season ticket holder scouting report to Rogier. Uh, he, he was really bad last year and is somebody that is basically like a 38, 39% career shooter. And that's who he is. He doesn't get to the free throw line. He's a good rebounder. I think he's a pretty good defender. I don't think I after watching him, especially this year, I'm not sure he's a starting point guard on a playoff team. Um, and I don't know how he's like the best guy in a bad team. I think that I think they're gonna regret that contract test. Not a fan. <laughs> I, a I fan. mean it, it it hardly matters. Like what it doesn't matter. It's just I there. feel bad for them. It's like, oh man, Jesus, do you have scouts? Ricky Rubio goes to Phoenix for three for 51. And then the other one we should talk about is Reddick going to New Orleans for two for 26. Reddick, who 
was basically doing this year by year and, uh, and somehow figured out a way to just keep getting paid a lot. He made seven, I think he made 29 and a half million in two years in Philly. And then he made 26 here for New Orleans. So he basically made uh, almost 57, 56 plus million for four years being JJ Reddick. Pretty good house. Yeah. Age, age like 31 to 35, $60 million. That's my G right there. I mean, that's a dude who's, who's taken stock of the league, looked at himself and said, you know what? I'm going to gamble on myself. He did it. He did it successfully. We knew that the Pelicans needed some kind of old head, some kind of stabilizing force. I honestly thought that that Al Horford was headed to the Pelicans, but uh, JJ is perfectly fine. By the way, I mean, we have to figure out how to, uh, maybe I'll just fly down there. As a, as a, 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 a devoted and noted food lover, JJ Redick, Think about what he's going to be capable of down in New Orleans. I mean, incredible. Oh, so you, you're saying, well, we didn't even mention huge moment for the uh, Ringer Podcast Network. JJ now in New Orleans on a really fun team. We have Zion access. This is great. Huge win all the way around. But uh, but you go down there, you and JJ do a little three-day food thing. Something, book that. anything. Yeah, so it's, it's just the, the the opportunities are endless. That's all. I like that he's a future media guy who already who already sees the floor like a media guy. He realizes, um, all right, I'm going to Philly. That's the new hot team. I'm going to immerse myself in that whole world. And now it's like, all right, Zion, that's the new hot team. He keeps jumping to the new hot awesome. team. Yeah, he's like a, like an actor who keeps trying to go to the the best show with the with the hot young kids. Good luck to JJ though. That's a great team for him. They needed one more shooter. I still think they're going to be good right away. I don't think they're going to be a 55-win team, but I think they're going to be a little bit above average. So uh, how will you remember today, looking back? Oh, we, we wow. last thing we didn't mention before you answer that question. Nothing with the Lakers yet. And the Lakers... Uh, I, I, it breaks my heart. Stop. It's one or the other. It's going to be one or the other. What do you mean? And it, it, It's going to be D'Angelo Russell or Kawhi Leonard. I mean, well, it could isn't it that could be in, neither inevitable? It, it could, could be, be neither. neither. It could be neither. That that would be my my optimal case. Neither would be optimal. But God, it just feels like mm, Kawhi said two years ago, "I want to play for the Lakers," and then he 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 just delivered a title to a place that had no chance whatsoever to to contend for a title. He's made an, an an indelible mark on in the history of the National Basketball Association. He could go to Los Angeles Lakers and only have to play sixty five games and come out in the playoffs again. God damn it! I don't like it. I'm not rooting for it, but there's a lot of logic to it. I think I think there's a high possibility that they could get neither guy. Because Russell could go to Minnesota okay. and Kawhi could go to the Clippers or or just stay in Toronto. Well, let me ask and, you this: you this is the first time we've mentioned the Clippers. Yeah, uh, what would be the case for Kawhi to go to the Clippers other than him wanting to be in Los Angeles? That's it. Well, that's not a great case. I mean, to Toronto, that situation was much better for him. Uh, you know. And then he, it's not like he 
said to to uh, the the Spurs, I want to go to Toronto, but they were a lot sort of better team, better position in the Eastern Conference. What what is there now that he's in control of his own destiny? What is there? All to right, let's play it the out. Clippers without no. Other let's help? play. Let's play it out. If you're him, you can't do four years in Toronto because you don't know who's on the team those last three years. It's you and Siakam basically. But you could do a yeah. one and one. You could be like, let's defend the yes. title. Let's fucking do this. And I'll worry yeah. about free agency a year from now. Even if I get That's hurt, I just for. watched. Yeah, I watched all these injured stars get paid. Um, let's go. Well, he'll, so that's he'll a be a 10-year veteran. That's the other point. Like he gets that super duper max as a 10-year right. vet if he does the one and one. Other possibility, he goes to the Clippers. He's the guy in the Clippers, and they try to uh I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, we're we're almost out of free agents. Like, what do you <laughs> do if it. you're them? You're this like, the hey, issue. We, nah, we're like, hey, we we think we can get Kavan Looney. I don't that's know why I, I just said to you, it's the first time we're mentioning the Clippers. It doesn't feel that doesn't feel good. They're supposed to I, be in the in the mix. They're supposed to be have a chance at two giant free agent signings. And it's it's 1023 East Coast time. And we're just now talking about the Clippers. There's there's a couple guys left that aren't free agents that we have to mention. One of them is named Kevin Love. Oh yeah. Okay. Now you're talking. He's basically a free agent, right? You could trade for him from Cleveland. Cleveland is way over the cap, and I think they actually might be a luxury tax team. They actually have to... I Actually, when they get rid of J.R. Smith's contract, it'll be fine. But they're over the cap. You you could talk... You get, trade, we'll trade for Kevin Love. We'll give you a conditional first or a first or whatever. And maybe it's Kevin Love and Kawhi together with the rest of their team. I don't know if that makes a difference. Um... I also think I was thinking Kevin Love with the Lakers too. If they struck out, could that be that, a possibility? That makes for them? sense to me. Could he, he would go be to a good Portland? Fit for them. Here's the other guy for the Clippers. What about Steven Adams? Yeah. What about o- him? OKC is is well over the luxury tax by like thirteen or fourteen million bucks, and it would be I think they would be a repeater team this year, which is a lot worse. So it does feel like Steven Adams could be had. Just he throwing be that had. Let me ask you this though. What does that do for OKC? How does that help them? Don't well, they, they don't still get, have... they don't get slaughtered by the luxury tax. <laughs> the people that buy season tickets don't give a shit about the luxury tax. They want a competitive basketball team that has a chance to play in the NBA finals and they invested Five hundred and twenty-five million dollars in Paul George. And I know, Russell but you Westbrook. can't. You, nobody has ever paid the repeater like, tax, at least that I can remember, for a team that couldn't that didn't have any chance to win the title, which they don't. So okay, well that that's so that's the determination they have to make, and they have to sell that to their fan base. We're not going to make the finals. We're going to move Adams. Here's the rationale why. It's just a tough pill to swallow after the mega extension for Westbrook that's barely 24 months old and 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 stealing, you know, Paul George essentially um and 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 keeping him when he was it seemed by all indications he was prepared to walk. That's your team. It's Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. What are you doing? I know but but here's the thing. Adams wasn't that good last year, especially the last three months. I agree. And I think I you agree. can make the case if you're them, like, look, we, 
either way, we're not winning the title with Steven Adams. So why don't we could turn him into Zubach from the Clippers and save $23 million of payroll. And now we're not a luxury tax team. And then we actually have the potential to maybe add some more money versus right now we're absolutely crippled by our team. It's possible. The the window is closing. The problem is Russell Westbrook playing the way that he plays is we've already seen it. It's a diminishing return position that they're in and they haven't won a round in the playoffs yet with since KD has left. So they mm. have an existential crisis. They need to to sort it out quickly. Um, you know, I I'm not one to underestimate what Sam Presti's capable of. You know another team we haven't talked about, speaking of a closing window, where are the Houston Rockets in all of this? Hey, I mean they <laughs> they created a 48-hour story last week that we openly made fun of on this podcast about Jimmy Butler's going to the Rockets. It's like, is he? See, <laughs> how do we know? Has anyone told Jimmy Butler or the Sixers? And then, uh, and that didn't work out. And uh, yeah, I, well, to, we got to put a bow in the Kawhi thing because his options are, I would say one and one with Toronto, uh, go to the Clippers and just be the guy on a Clippers team. That's really would not be a title contender, even if you put him on there or be the third wheel with the Lakers. And he would be the third wheel. Would he care? I don't know, but we're coming off of playoffs where he was the best guy in the league. And I just don't feel like that would be the vibe on that Laker team. I don't, I I, I thought the whole point of all this was he was supposed to be the guy. And it was like, Kawhi needs to be in a big city and he needs a great shoe contract and he needs everybody to realize how great he is. And then, you're going to be on LeBron's team. That feels weird. I, I don't something that something doesn't feel realistic about it to me, but he's also the most confusing guy in the league. So I'd believe anything. I, speaking of that, there's no scenario. I just want to go ahead and, and rule this out uh, immediately because of uh, we're, we're talking about some GMs who, who, who pull, you know, giant rabbits out of their assholes. There's no scenario under which Kawhi can go to Houston, right? None. Okay, just wanted to confirm that. Not unless I mean, it's Darryl for James Harden. Us before, huh? Not unless it's for James Harden. Okay, all right. Just wanted to to, to make it make sure that's the case. Because, like, can I help, help me with this? Why is Jimmy Butler going to Miami? What's in it for him? Because he cares about winning. He wants to win a title. <laughs> Which title? The Platinum <laughs> Pussy title. <laughs> Because it's that's the only thing I mean to really distinguish Miami. Jimmy Butler took a big. Does that have to get cut. No, we're keeping that in. Um, <laughs> that, that that is not getting cut. Jimmy took a big L over the last year. He he clearly he? just wanted. Yeah, I think he did because he he pushed his way out of Minnesota for reasons that remain unclear. He goes to Philly. He's on a team that really almost, you know came within a, a couple bounces there beating the team that ended up winning the title. And he was all about, I'm all about winning. I'm all about championship mentality, all that stuff. And now he's in Miami playing with Hassan Whiteside. He was beloved in Philly. That that's, this is why I'm, I'm confounded by him going to Miami. The only things to, to, to commend Miami, the beach, the weather, Pat Riley, no Pat Riley, Pat, Pat Riley, Levitard, sure, Stugatz, sure. Poppy. And, 
and the and the platinum pussy parade. I mean, it's a triple P down there. Let's not, you know, sugarcoat it. But like, that can't be your legacy. That can't be your career. Philly loved him. He was a he's a Philly guy. He fought his I way know. up. I mean, he he really could have owned that city. I just don't understand it. You know, there there was a couple things online today about how much it meant to him how Miami treated Dwayne Wade, the retirement stuff on his way out and the respect and admiration and love and that whole farewell tour. Cause he was close with Dwayne Wade and how he watched that and how Wade was treated. And that really went a long way with him. I guess my point would be a lot of organizations have done that for guys who retired. <laughs> was it like yeah, Dallas, I mean, Dallas was doing the exact same thing for Dirk Nowitzki? Yeah. yeah. Did a pretty good job. Yeah. So that that was weird. I think he just wanted to live in South Beach and be the guy. And I think Dwayne Wade was probably okay. telling him how great it is to be the guy in South Beach. And now he's the guy okay. in South Beach. Okay. But okay. Pretty all good. I know is, I mean, I'm sure we'll find out because he's a pretty candy guy. But my guess is there yes. were things he didn't like on the Philly side. You know, you and I I'm, didn't really I'm, enjoy Brett Brown's coaching ever. I'm, I imagine Jimmy had yeah. his own thoughts. We had already heard about them. Simmons is an immensely frustrating guy to play with, I'm sure. And Embiid yeah. wasn't in shape, you know? And if I'm him and I'm looking at that big picture, maybe maybe I'm like, ah, I don't think I can win a title here anyway. I don't believe in these guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he yeah, didn't believe I mean, in those guys because he fled from them and went to Miami. So <laughs> He did. I mean, to a bunch of guys who have no track record of success whatsoever. But, you know, best of luck. Did I tell you this happened after we started the pod? Dallas got Dragic out of that. It was Dragic oh, to wow. Dallas, Josh Richardson to Philly, and Butler to Miami. And huh. a couple of things with Dragic, and I, I haven't researched this, but I'm pretty confident I'm right here. He, him and uh, him and Doncic are tight. Sure, I think they played in Europe. How could they not be? In fact, I'm going to Google Dragic. And Doncic, oh, stuff comes up. Um, yeah, they played in the Euros together. There's pictures of them on the bench. There's some high five pictures. Yeah, it's a Slovenian. Oh, mentor, mentor, Goran Dragic. There you go. So yeah, yeah. so that's great for Dallas. I, and you, you and I love Dragic because he kicked. Remember when he kicked the shit out of the 2010 Spurs? I've always liked him after that. Remember that? Yeah, me too. I mean, the the that that uh, Phoenix team with um, him and Channing Fry of all of all players, Nash, they had an unstoppable pick and roll. Dudley, that was a really fun team. I I think he's been on some weird teams over the last few years, especially Miami, and I think Dwayne Wade. It was weird to watch the kind of hold Dwayne Wade had over those teams, especially in crunch time when he was at the tail end of his career. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like, uh, I like that move for Dallas. So, um, I guess the only other free agency thing we didn't mention is what happens with Boogie Cousins. It's, it's an absolute shame that the Wizards don't have the salary cap to overpay him. I know you're devastated. It was, God. it would have been the most wizard, wizardsy move of all time to give him well, three I mean, for a hundred. We would have been first in line for Terry Rozier. That would have been the most wizardsy move, but <laughs> <laughs> No, Boogie would have been second. I still, look, I, I'm still a Boogie believer. I don't, I want him to take this summer to get himself in the shape that he was working himself up to. 
because the flashes that he showed in the finals were were pretty you know he had a couple moments he still knows how to play basketball his body just wouldn't respond like you could see his brain telling his body to do stuff and his body wouldn't do it and i hope that that you know with the advances in medical science that he's capable of getting leaner and getting back some of the spring in his step that was clearly diminished from the achilles injury and then followed up with a quad injury uh i'm hopeful that that he's he's healthy i want a healthy boogie in my life well, House, we said we were doing this in real time. Uh, Mark Stein just retweeted, the Mavericks are huge fans of Goran Dragic, but could not take him back in the Miami sign-and-trade with Philly because they feared losing flexibility to make additional moves this summer. So somehow that's out the window. Oh. That was our first red herring on the, uh, on the podcast. I well, want to keep all the all the stuff we said about Dragic in, though, because I think it, it kind of shows how uh, how funny this is. Oh, here's another one from well, the- Shams. The Bucks are expressing strong interest in free agent center Robin Lopez to join his brother Brooke in Milwaukee. I'm so happy. Wow. Oh, I'm like cool. glowing right now. That would be cool. I want um, Dragic to go to Philly. I honestly think that he knows how to run a pick and roll and anything that's going to have put Joel Embiid down in the block or, you know, in, from 16 feet inside, that they, they need a point guard that can play in crunch time in the playoffs. Ben Simmons is not that guy. And unfortunately, neither is TJ McConnell. So I hope I, I want Philly to go get a credible, uh, accomplished, uh, high basketball IQ point guard to really make that team compelling this coming year. Any last words for the Clippers? <laughs> Best of luck. Look, it's Steve Ballmer. Uh, you know, he, all, all he did was, you know, help build, you know, one of the two biggest, uh, companies in the, in the history of the world. So I'm not putting anything past them, but it doesn't look great right now. Here's their team. Sorry, ice. Sorry, yeah. Gallinari, Lou Williams, Harold, Shay, Gilgis Alexander, Jerome Robinson, Landry Shamit. Sidarius Thornwell, Tyrone Wallace. They have, uh, oh Lord. They, they still have like $75 million left to spend. Wow. <laughs> hey, it's, it's only Sunday night. There's a lot that can happen. Would you do like a one year for 22 for boogie? If you were them mm, now, God, I just don't have any, I, I would, you really have to, to have some advanced thinking in terms of the, 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 uh, physical capacity, like what he's capable of physically. Can I give you a couple of my favorite free agents before we go that are left? Let's do it. I love Robin Lopez and I really don't want him to go to the Milwaukee. I want him to go to Boston. Come to Boston, Robin Lopez. P. Bev. Seth Curry. Yeah, Seth Curry Just, is going to be good for somebody. Justin Holiday, I'm pretty sure, yep. is a free agent. I like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rishon Holmes. Sure. Or Rashawn Holmes. I don't know why I said Rishon. I like Rashawn Holmes, though. I think he's a sleeper. Rodney Magruder, okay. who is still on the Clippers. Am I wrong to like Sadoransky? 
you're not wrong. I think they're going to try and keep him here in Washington because they don't have another point guard really on the team. Okay. Um, am I wrong to like TJ McConnell? As like an he's, eighth he's man? Like a ninth man? Maybe. Tenth man? Like better as a ninth man. Tenth, tenth man. man? Yeah. Tenth man. How do you feel about Costa Kufis? Is he is he still in the league? <laughs> I guess that's my answer. <laughs> uh, Rondo. Oh, playoff Rondo. He should just take off this season and come back for the playoffs. Yeah, could somebody just sign Rondo and tell him to show up on April first? Please stay away from our team until April. I mean, he would do that deal, wouldn't he? You wouldn't take him for the whiz? <laughs> no, God no. <laughs> Uh, all right, House. I think I think we hit everything. Did we hit everything, right? Yeah, we hit everything. There's a lot it, going on. It's a, This is an ongoing saga. Tonight is the first night we don't have to conquer at all. We're at the bottom of the mountain still. Oh, so... Kawhi, we don't know where Kawhi Leonard's going to play next year, for Christ's sakes. It seems like New Orleans is getting Derek Favors, who I know you've enjoyed. Um, Look, another... Smart veteran to go with that New Orleans team, David Griffin, A plus plus. Doesn't nobody David seems to understand Langdon? Nobody seems to understand. It's now ten forty p.m. ET. Nobody seems to understand how Jimmy Butler is actually going to go to the Heat. So that might that might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast or might why? be in trouble. Uh, well, because they can't match the salaries. I'm looking at somebody just tweeted Kelly Olynyk and Derek Jones. Could ha- would have to go to the Mavs, and that's still not enough for a trade and match and blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's very confusing right now. Um, Kelly Olenek's my homie. I want him to land wherever, somewhere good for him. Good good eater, Kelly Olenek. Before we go, I'm giving you 60 seconds as a Wizards fan to tell the Knicks fans to fuck off that the Wizards fans actually have it worse. Go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I... Ernie Grunfeld, I don't need 60 seconds. Ernie Grunfeld was the GM for all for 16 years here in Washington. We're we're gonna pay a penance. We missed the 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 window for for the the maximum opportunity free agent wise. So apparently he didn't have a calendar in his office and wasn't keeping track of when these contracts on these super duper stars were going to come off because our money lifts next year. Jan Mahinmi and Dwight Howard are off the books next year. $22 million opening up for the Washington Wizards in a year where there are no fucking free agents. Congratulations. And who can you get for $22 fucking million? It's the goddamn NBA. You have to have at least 40. <laughs> Jesus Christ, don't talk to me. The Knicks at least have exciting young players. Who's the best young player on the Washington Wizards? Beal. You're Beal. I'm not counting him because he's not going to be on the team. <laughs> Listen, you have you have John Wall's contract for four more years. I'm telling you that if if we we're going to pay him this year, go ahead and get our insurance money. And if they don't stretch him at the beginning of the 2020 2021 season. I'm going to stretch myself right on out as a Wizards fan. I'm already in on the DC United, by the way. DC United. <laughs> you have DC United. I'm a soccer guy. This season, you have John Wall for 
Jan Mahimney for four, 15.5, Dwight Howard for 5.6, and Jonathan Simmons for 5.7, who apparently you traded for on draft night to get a second round pick. You added his salary to this that, mix. Well, that's how you got Admiral Schofield. That was a good pick. That, okay. was, that was worthwhile. We got, well, Jonathan Simmons we, we is on your team. We can wave him. We'll yeah, wave can, him. And you bailed out Rob Polinka when he had to get rid of all his riffraff for, uh, to, for more it. max money. You got Mo Wagner. You got Isaac Bonga. And you got some guy named Jamarier Jones. All those guys are on Mo your team. Mo Bonga Jones. That's a that's a hell that's that's a great law firm. Mo Bonga Jones. Do you think that Dwight Howard retirement tour this year will will be more emotional than Dwayne Wade's retirement tour, or like <laughs> slightly less more emotional? It feels like it's going to be kind of a pain in the ass if I if I was just going to be direct about it. Uh, House, we can listen to you at House of Carbs. When is the when is the British Open? It is in two weeks. J- j- uh, the preview shows July the 15th and 16th, and then we'll have the recap show on the 21st, I believe. I have no idea who's going to win the Open Championship. Competed this year in Northern Ireland at Royal Portrush. And when speaking of golf, we have we have Cousin Sal and the Degenerate Trifecta going to Callaway mid-July. We're going to do a little fitting and shoot some videos. And uh, personally, I think that's more exciting than the British Open, but I don't know. I, it's, it's, I'm just hoping nobody I, gets arrested. That's my only hope for that. Am I the last person who calls it the British Open? I know we're supposed to call it the Open Championship now. Can I still call it the British <laughs> Open or no? You can. You can. It's America. Feel free to call it whatever you want. Yeah, it is America. God damn it. And we have, we have the semifinals. We're playing England. Same week of July 4th. That's right. Whatever yeah, anniversary it, it is, when Open. we kicked their asses out of this country and we took this country for ourselves, so I can't wait for that. And then, uh, and then hopefully the finals against Sweden, Netherlands. I know you're watching. I know once you saw the words Sweden and Netherlands in a sporting event, you just started watching it. You didn't even care what the sport was. To your favorite country's house. I, I'm 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 a happily married man, and I feel like I shouldn't make any more <laughs> observations on that front. <laughs> Uh, Joe House, we can hear you at House of Carbs and on Fairway Rolling. Thanks for the time on the, on this fantastic day of free agency. It's all happening, Bill Simmons. All right, thanks to House. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Thanks to Proper Cloth. Ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier. Thanks to Proper Cloth. Answer 10 easy questions to create a custom shirt size. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, over 500 fabric styles, from classic business to casual. Get the style you want. These shirts made completely custom for you. Start at just 80 bucks. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash Simmons and our gift code Simmons to save $20 on your first shirt. Do it today. We will be back on Tuesday with a lot more. Until then, enjoy the rest of the day.